Good morning. Let's start it again. Good morning. All right, good to see everybody. My name is Pastor Rich Lee, Pastor here, and I'm excited to be here. How many enjoyed worship this morning? Something, doesn't something happen when we all come together and we worship God? It's amazing things take place. And I love Sunday mornings just to get together and come together and see everyone's smiling face. Smile. 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 Okay, don't worry about school tomorrow. It's going to be there. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about your test. It'll be there. Don't worry about it. Focus. Everyone say focus. All right. Everyone's smiling now. Service is over. We can go home. Just kidding. If you've been coming for, if you're a guest, thank you for coming out. Really, today we're in week two, week two of our uh, sermon series called We Are. What we did, we wanted to carve out three weeks to talk about the value systems here at uh, Grace Point Church. Last week, we talked about diversity and that the power of a multi-generational, multicultural, multi, uh, multi-ethnic church and how God has put that together and how pop that is in society today. Today, we're going to talk about a key word called devotion, called devoted. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Our second value is devoted. Next week is discipleship. But this one devoted is one of the pivotal moments when you talk about devotion and how God wants our complete attention and wants to live our lives completely under his uh, lordship. And one of the things you may realize, I want to let you know, we are dedicated to the lordship of Jesus Christ. We're devoted as a church, devoted to the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's who we are. Now, let me talk about devotion. Devotion is not about getting God to like us. Not about us checking a box. It's not about him winning, him, you winning favor with him because you read your Bible or you prayed that day. It's really about this. It's a heart response to who God is and what he's done for us. Remember the word passing, done for us. Not what he's doing now, what he's done for us. What has he done? He's given us salvation. He has, brought, he has purchased the people. We're his people. What he's done for us. Now, when you look up the word devotion, it means this. Love, loyalty, or enthusiasm. Anyone say enthusiasm? for a person, activity, or cause. And I got a couple pictures I want to show you about some people who are truly devoted. See those guys? Philadelphia voted for the team. You get dressed up, put the jersey on. Everyone's excited. Yeah, we're losing, but it's okay. Walk side. Then we come to that next one. We have our campus students. They get all dressed up, put yellow green on for their favorite team. We're going to win if you don't win. You all just dressed up. And those are people, and then my guys from Pittsburgh, I didn't put no one else in Dallas or New York because I didn't want, I couldn't find any happy pictures. So, uh, sorry, yeah, 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 it's just the beginning. Anyway, see how y'all get? Now, remember, when you worship God, you're devoted to Jesus, not your team. All right, and see there, they're all dressed up, they're devoted. Sunday mornings, they're not wait until the game starts. Get all dressed up, can't have, they have the cookouts and all those things, tailgates, and I know on Saturday, last, yesterday, ACU and Everyone tailgating, and that's what devotion looks like. But really, I want that to look like the church. When we come together, we're excited to be with God. We're devoted to God more than we're devoted to other things. Because those things will fade away, but Jesus will never fade away. He'll never fade away. So Grace Point Church, we are devoted to the Lordship of Jesus. Not just be saved, but the Lordship, him living out, him ruling our lives. And we're going to go to a scripture in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 7. It's Apostle Paul going into the church of Colossians and how they were dealing with devotion, having problems devoting their lives to God. A lot of things start taking up. The superstitions start coming into the church. They start devoting other thing, their lives to other things versus Jesus himself. And then he says this, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. 
rooted and built up in him, establishing the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Let's pray. Father, I thank you in this moment that we stop and we focus upon your word, upon your lordship. And we thank you, Lord, that we will be changed as we leave out today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, you see the Apostle Paul talking about though you receive Christ, now walk in him. Interesting thing about that passage, what he's saying is you receive the new life. Your old life is dead. Now you have a new life that you got to live out in him. Everyone say in him. Amen. Which talks to, translates into lordship. Because we realize Jesus can be our savior only because he is Lord. He can only be our savior because he is Lord. He's the one that transformed us. He's the one that drew us. He's the one that wooed us. He's the one that transformed us. And when we follow his lead, he's Lord. So he qualifies to be Savior. You got to realize some of us might have just made, said a prayer over 12 years ago. You gave your life to Jesus and you stopped. Like the life was over. I have arrived. That's the end zone. No, that's not even in the, you're not even in the game yet. That's just the beginning of a new life and walking it out. And we're going to spend time uh, unpacking this. You know, in verse 6, it says, Just as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. That word Lord means something up. Master, supreme in authority over all my affairs. Now he says, I want you, when he says to walk in him, he's saying this, walk in Christ. Walk under the lordship of Christ. If Christ is your Lord, he is your leader. Everything we do from this point on, we have a new leader. I used to lead before Christ. I didn't do so well. Now he says, I want you to lead, be led by him. Not to say a prayer, but now your new life will be in Christ. You have been drafted into a new society, like we talked about last week. It reminds me when I talk about this passage. Years ago, as a young crazy kid from New York City, joined the United States Air Force because I had nowhere else to go. And the police department you better get in there. No, I didn't say that. And I remember signing up. And I remember standing in line and raising my hand to an oath that I will defend our nation against all enemies, foreign or domestic, so help me God. And I remember getting on a, on a bus, and I mean getting on a plane and landing in San Antonio, Texas, the hottest part of the year, June 1978. So if y'all weren't born yet, you can look it up on YouTube. What happened in 1978? I joined the military. <laughs> and you, I got there, and I remember in my street clothes, with an attitude, 2 o'clock in the morning. Took us all night to get here. And the airlines gave us a lot of drinks. I think they set us up. And there's a little guy with a helmet, with a, a hat. He's about this tall. He's yelling at me. This doesn't compute. <laughs> so he takes my bag. He says, your bag. Pick up your bag and put them down. So what am I doing that for? Because it's right there. Well, I got to pick, pick it up. Put it down. Pick it up. Pick it down. I said, this is getting stupid. <laughs> so I stopped doing it. He says, are you a wise guy? I said, no. I got some expensive cologne in here. And that, at the, in them days, it was called musk. Musk was amazing for young guys. Okay? But it wasn't by Fabergé yet, but it was musk. He took my bag, 
and threw it on the other side of the parking lot. And you heard this crash. I said, my clothes are in there. You got a problem with that? You're not going to see those clothes anymore. Then they issued me all these clothes. They even issue you underwear, <laughs> socks, shoes, everything. And everything said, U.S.A. United States Air Force, whatever, United States Marine, whatever. I was owned by the governor, by the government. And then they had to, I had to adapt to the, the military way. In a new society, <coughs> I came in and think about me. They taught me how to think about we. we. They taught me how to be with them. But I enlisted. Changed my identity. My identity now, you're an airman. And now you have a new life. And now you're going to live to the life that we have set, the standards that we have set. Fast forward. Christianity. When you said Jesus is my Lord and Savior, you have enlisted in the Lord's army. He is the commander in chief. And he wants you to live consistently with the lordship that he says. It's not about I can do what I want. No, 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 no. You, in fact, when you enter into this new life, you enter into a war. Everyone tell me, my life was good till I got saved. Oh, of course. Now you're in the warfare. It's not easy. <clears throat> but it's doable because he's our, <coughs> excuse me, Lord. Y'all tracking with me? New society. Now, you're not wearing all green. You can wear what you want. In the military, you had no choice. In those days, because I said so. Now we can't say, can you explain? No, I don't have time to explain to you because I said so. Jesus gives us a choice. We're not robots. But he says, choose life, which is choosing me, or choose death, which is choosing yourself. How are we doing? <coughs> so when we unpack verse 7, a couple things here. He says, just stop there. You receive me. Now I want you to walk in me. But there's certain things you're going to realize. Verse 7 you're going to be rooted and built up in him, establishing the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. There's four things there. First one is rooted. Rooted means you take from one soil you've been planted to a soil, and now you, are, you have strength and stability because you're in the soil of the kingdom of God. And it says like this in Jeremiah 17:8. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots in the stream, does not fear when heat comes, for it leaves remain green and not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. He's talking about that new soil that we're in. It doesn't matter what the economy's doing. It doesn't matter what your health is saying. You're in the right soil with God. And he said, I want you to tap, tap deep into my authority. As a young guy, when I got here in 1996, and I had some trees I had to remove from my house, I remember all the um, first surface roots, and I'm cutting them, and I'm chopping them off. I'm a city boy. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I started doing this. And I said, okay, now I'll just take my truck and I'll pull that stump out. <laughs> well, yeah, some of y'all know. It didn't work out well. And I should have had a Tundra. But anyway, <laughs> had a Ford. I'm sorry. Let me move on. So I'm, boom, I'm like, this thing ain't coming out. So I'm looking. Oh, there's another surface root. I'm chopping it all down. Okay, it's great. Chop it down here. Great. Boom. What is that? What is that? 
And they turn over. I'm like, why don't you leave? And I'm talking to the tree. And I look down. It's the smallest root is a tap root that you cannot destroy. You can't pull that tap root. You have to cut it. But that tap root was taking this major machine, all the power and the talk, trying to pull it out. When I cut the tap root, it came out. Being rooted in Christ, you have a tap root so deep that storms will not mess with you. Economy has nothing to do with you. Nothing has anything to do with you because you're tapped into the very source of life. Come on, somebody. So when you're rooted, this is, this is a past tense. This happens when you get born again. Not the surface roots. When we go out the surface roots, usually it's a tap root. If you're having problems in your life, we got to hit the tap root. How far down are you? Not the surface stuff. The surface stuff is indicated that you're not tapped in. Make sense? So he also stay there. He talks about being built up. And I love that because now it's present tense. You're being built. You're under Everyone says, I'm under construction. What we call discipleship, the things we don't like, discipleship. Being built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. He established the foundation. Now we're building our lives upon him. We're rooted. Now we're building our lives. We're putting up the walls of our life on the foundation of Christ. What do you mean put up the walls? Every decision you make needs to go through him. Every feeling you have, you got to deal with it and make sure it's faith, not feelings. Everything you go through, is this should I, what I be doing? Because I help people a lot. They, some people are so busy and wore out. And I ask them this simple question. Did God tell you to do that? No. Well, stop it. You wind yourself out. Did he say do that? No. Did you even ask him? No, no. Well, I felt like, no, 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 no. Don't go with the feeling. Don't go with feelings. They're, they're powerful, but they're shallow. Wait on the answer. Wait on God. Every decision you make has to come. To, so you're being built. That means continuing growth. Now, how many have been through our next step track? How many haven't? I'm not going to make you raise your hand. You know what that is? It's helping you be rooted and built up. Because you have to do it with other people. Continue growth. How many serve? If you don't serve, you won't be mature. Make sense? Also now leads you to being established in the faith. Now I learned something in being established in the faith. As I'm, you know, as I'm strengthening my faith, my faith strengthens me. I'm walking in faith, it starts to strengthen me through that process. It's, it's a two-way thing. As I'm trying to grow in my faith, hear the word, hear God, what he's saying, and growing and taking, taking steps and taking risks, it starts to strengthen me in the times of drought and times of storms. It strengthens me because I've been trying to strengthen it, which is amazing. But he doesn't stop there. So you see rooted, tap, built up, the walls, established. Next week I'll talk about what it means to be established in the faith, established in community, established in freedom, established so we can live a full life. He goes to the last one in, which is the most important one, abounding in thanksgiving. When he says abounding in thanksgiving, 
means that word abounding means to be over and above, more than enough. And really the key to our joy is gratitude. He says what? Thanksgiving is gratitude to the Lord. Not for what he's doing now, or you think he's not doing now, what he's already done. The finished work, you have gratitude. I don't care how bad it gets. I don't care how bad it gets. You have to find yourself laughing at a lot of things. You know, as I have one hand for a little while. A couple weeks I have this hand. I have this one back. Then I all these couple weeks have been I've been nothing to find joy about. I found myself on Monday laying on this bed with my with this nice robe with all my glory hanging out. These knocks, these nice socks that someone said look like Dallas Cowboy socks. I'm like, no, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're New York Giants. You're colorblind. And I had this hat on. And I'm all, and he comes Pastor John, watching me in all my glory with the hat and the, and the booties on. Hey, how you doing? And they got sticking stuff in my arm. I'm like, I'm going to have another surgery again. This is my third, sur- fourth surgery in four years. So I told my doctor, you find nothing else. Nothing. He just laughs. Yeah, man. Because I got more to do. <coughs> I find myself. Then they give me the stuff that make you talk. And I get nervous. I talk my way out the room. They, well, no, they gave me some good stuff because I asked Pastor John, did I sell my car while I was on? I don't know. <laughs> and I go under. And then this whole week, y'all call me. Are you listening to the doctor? Are you staying? In? I'm stuck in this house. I can't drive. I'm in the house. I'm like, there's the backyard. There's the front yard. The hair hurts. I don't know what to do with myself. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, here it is. I'm like, I can't take this, Lord. He started laughing. <laughs> Go read your Bible. Go put on those, uh, uh, go read them books you've been trying to read. So I started laughing. All this is going on, but really, Thanksgiving-wise, I'm saved. I'm born again. I will see him be with him in glory. It's okay. This is old. This is wearing out. I know it wears out a lot faster. That's why I got doctors. She's propped me up a little bit. <laughs> but at the, at the end of the day, I'm with Jesus all the time. So he changed my perspective. You ever been in those times? God, you don't know how bad. Yes, he does. That's why he's laughing. <laughs> yeah, but you're not going to be able to put on a cross like my son. Yeah. Yeah. They give you medicine. They ain't give him any medicine. Oh, I thought you were on my side. No, that's the word. So in the midst of all those storms, I had Thanksgiving because, one, I had more time to be with him when I was complaining about being absent and doing other things. Nothing worse when you're left-handed trying to dress yourself. <laughs> I'm getting good at it. Bound in Thanksgiving. And what it means, guys, I want to help you with this, also means that he is, I, have, I don't have to go anywhere to be fulfilled by him. He is my total fulfillment. He's my total satisfaction. Total satisfaction. I don't care how bad life gets, I am satisfied in Christ. I want to help you with this. There's seasons in your life. Stop getting upset with the seasons. In fact, enjoy the scenery because the quicker you enjoy it and you, and, you, and you celebrate the season, you're in another one. Stop trying to get somewhere. Where are you going anyway? I, can't, I, I said when I was young, I can't wait to get old. Really? Really? 
wow, I can't wait till I'm 20 again. Don't rush and don't miss your season because God's doing something in your life. Enjoy, write this down, enjoy the season you're in now. Enjoy it. Because he has you there for a reason. So that keeps you think what it is. Thanksgiving, gratitude is the power of your joy. Because you're always thanking God. I'm thanking God that something even standing here. You get my age, getting up is like, thank you, Lord, I got up. In fact, you don't even get hurt sleeping. You don't see when me and Miss Donna sleeping. It's like all these pillows and stuff. We're all like this. And thank God, I got pillows. And the mattress they sell, they don't work. Sorry. Where am I going? I got to get back on track. Here's a question that we all deal with. Because um, the word distraction is huge. But we are, we, are, we are created to pursue. We are created to show devotion to something or someone. Here's a question. What personal activity or cause are you serving that's hindering your devotion to God? What, act, what person, activity, or cause are you serving that is hindering your devotion to God? You've got to realize something. We, whatever we're serving that's going to take us away, farther away from Christ and his body, it's not from God. Now, a lot of times we are living in a world that we want to help God because he's not moving fast enough, so we want to become God and do the work that he, he's supposed to do. And we call it a good work, but we're wearing ourselves out because we don't take the time for him to finish where he starts. So think about it. Person, activity, or cause. Because <coughs> you can't serve both. Matthew 6, 24 says this. No one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one, he'll love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one, or despise the other, and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money, word means in, uh, in the Greek mammon, which means you cannot serve God and try to serve this world trying to get ahead. And all the things that the world promises, you can't do that. You have to go through God to get everything he wants you to get when you need it, not when you want it. Everything. You wear yourself out. Going after, I mean, I've been reading the book, and everyone, all the people who they said they arrived and they got the cars they want, the house they're living in, and, and they, all I heard was America is the most unhappy nation on the planet <laughs> because things don't satisfy. Only Jesus does. And they have all the money and they have a nice car, everything, and no one's happy. No one's, they're not even, they, can't, they can't even find joy in it because it's out of place. And what happens if you try to work, have to have two competing um, service, servants, let me put it that way, trying to demand, one's going to make a demand over the other. And we see that a lot. So how do you, have, how do you, how do you become devoted and stay devoted? Devotion, see, is both personal and public when you read the Bible. You have a personal life and a public life, which we're here today. And what I call the disciplines of devotion. Now, everyone, that discipline seems to be a bad word, but it's not a bad word. Discipline takes you long enough become, before it becomes a habit. But you got to get past the discipline stage for it to become a habit. When we're talking about reading your Bible, it's a discipline in the very beginning, but after that becomes a habit you can't do without it. In fact, you become a creature of habit, which I am. I can't, if that, my day is off if I don't start and do this. But it took a lot of work. 
It takes a lot of work, but God always gives us the grace to do it. We'll see in Acts chapter 2, verses 42, it says this. The people had 3,000 people got born again, and they said, we got to put them somewhere. We're going to put them in constant care. We're going to disciple them to be fully functional followers of Jesus. And what happens in 242, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayers. The key word was they devoted themselves. They mean they were, they were hungry. They were hungry for more. We we're hungry for more of God and all that God has for us. That word devoted means persistent, continue constantly, faithful in. But there was a hunger that they had to know God more. The same hunger you had when you gave, you, when you gave your life to Christ. Don't let, ever let that fade away. You got to dig deep. You got to go farther. Why? Because you want to know him more. It's a response for what he's already, I'm already responding because I'm, I'm overjoyed for what he's done and what he's given me and what he wants to continue to do. Making sense? First one you look at when you break it out is God's word. And his word, those who master the word will never lose their way. The Bible is amazing. It says, the Bible says, this is God's breath, profitable for teaching, for correction, for reproof, which is conviction. I always think I'm okay until I read the Bible and it shows me, no, you're not. But I don't have to wait till Sunday morning that to happen. It's my daily habit, right? Correction, training, and righteousness, so why? I can be equipped for every good work. We mean good work. Ephesians 2.10 says this, you are all um, God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works. You got to know what they are, but you got to be prepared when they tell you to do it. When we say, hey, go lead the a group of people, you're going to be prepared. It's not about being qualified. He qualifies the call. But you got to be ready. You got to be ready before the storm hits. You don't want me, let me read the manual. What does it say? Too late. Because the storm will hit. Next one is fellowship. How many love fellowship? No one likes fellowship. Y'all thought it was a trick question, didn't you? It means Conania. It means sharing our lives with one another. That's what it means. We're sharing our lives with one another, serving, discipleship groups. Oh, my gosh. Oh, a retreat? Yeah, we're sharing our lives together. You, can't have this, you cannot grow in God apart from other people. It doesn't work. If Jesus thought it worked, he would came down and said, this is great. I wouldn't have picked 12 guys who didn't know anything. We know more than they do because we have the word to build this relationship with them to change the world. God always works in family. He always masters in family. What I like about discipleship group, one is biblical, two is spiritual, relational, and then it's missional. That's what I like about them. Our next steps, going, we're doing this together. Yeah. Get to know, like, no, get to know you better, not to fake you on Sunday. The real you, ooh, that way behind. Because I know some of y'all test me out when you see me in public. You want to make sure I'm the same guy on Sunday morning? Believe me, I'm worse. <laughs> but you want to know, and we want to know each other. But Connor Neal, he said they were doing this fellowship in houses. They were doing it in the temple. They were doing that. Again, next one is worship. Now, worship's one of them hard ones. It's amazing when we worship. Worship requires a surrender of self. You ever realize that? I thought Sunday morning, people coming to church on Sunday morning was an easy thing. So I started reading some statistics about people show up maybe once a month and say they consider themselves Christians. 
but they're so busy with sports, they're so busy with other things that they can't make it on Sunday for an hour and a half. But I realize because they can't, because it's a surrender of your own priorities. When you read about the first time you hear about worship is in Genesis chapter 22. After Abraham waited 25 years for Isaac, <coughs> God told him, go sacrifice Isaac on the, on the, um, on the altar. And, now I, and he had to go walk. I know he's saying, God, is that the cheeseburger? Or is that really you? But he says this key thing. He says, he told his uh, servant, stay right here. Me and the lad are going up on the hill to worship. God called not to sacrifice him. He called me to worship him. Take your most prized possession and put it on the altar. That's sacrifice. When you hear about the sacrifice of praise, sometimes you don't feel like praising God. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. I don't have a good week. Praise your way out of it. It's a sacrifice of praise. Not how you felt today and how it went this week. How great God is. Right? Amen? So when you look at it, he says, worship and come back to you again. He says, I'm coming back. That means when I lay it down, Whatever that other thing is that's, out, that's over God, do I put my prize and all my devotion and my affection to, when I lay it down, he believed that God was going to raise it back up. See, we always think when we have to tithe or we have to give and we have to give our time and our talent and our treasure, we think we're losing something. No, you're actually gaining something greater. Because when you lay it down, it has to be dead. He'll raise it back up, the greater one you ever thought about. That's why, oh my gosh. Yes, worship is a sacrifice of self. Why? Because we're pride. We like pride. I got it all together. I, I, have, I have. And you're like dying inside. God's are good at it. I'm good. No, you're not. No, we're not. None of us are good. We live here on earth. None of us are doing well. And then he goes here. He said, worship. Public worship, guys. Don't miss it. Something happens when we come together. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know how times I come here, my hip hurt? My sciatic nurse said, watch this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And y'all think I'm really to the music? I'm like, I got And I told Pastor John, my foot's going to sleep, bro. <laughs> so I, best, I better praise my way out of this because I got to get up here in a minute. Then they don't give me a chair because I don't want a chair. <laughs> and I'm like, get this person. Worship and you guys are singing. I'm like, yeah, I don't feel nothing. Then I get home Sunday night and I'm like, oh. Right? But I get back up the next morning and say, come on, God, you're amazing. Why? I went beyond what I felt. I went on beyond the limitations of this body. Because when we come together, something supernaturally happens. Some of y'all came in one way, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to make it another day. And then you start singing and all of a sudden something smashed. In the spirit. Something just smashed. That's what happens. But you got to, you have to declare it. We all have worries. And what's going to happen tomorrow? When you start worshiping God, you don't remember what happened tomorrow. In fact, you don't remember what happened yesterday or a minute ago. Why? Because the Holy Spirit comes and God says, inhabit our praises. And when he inhabits my praise, he inhabits me. And the pain goes away. The sadness goes away. Depression goes away. Anxiety goes away. The last one's prayer. 
publicly and privately. But I'm going to hit on an area, what I call the posture of devotion. Let's all stand. Matthew 11, 28, 29. Jesus looked out at the people. And he could see, very first he said, the sheep are helpless and harassed, they are helpless and harassed without a shepherd. But then he looked at his disciples and said, you guys are so heavy laden. You are so down. You can't even take another step. You've been trying to live your life on your own, and I have something I can, we can exchange your heavy yoke for my light yoke, and we can walk together because it's even when we walk together. We walk together, not work for each other. And he said this in Matthew 11, 28, 29. He says, come to me. He made it simple. All who labor and are heavy laden. Weight of the world. Weight of tests. Weight of my marriage. Weight of oppression. Weight of depression. This weight of anxiety. The weight of hopelessness. I'll give you rest in the midst of all that. All you got to do is take my yoke. Exchange the yoke like you did. You exchange your life for my life. And what? Learn from me on how to go about doing it. I am gentle. I'm lowly in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. One thing about it, whenever your soul gets compromised, there's no peace in your life. When your soul is pierced, there's nothing you can do to bring it back unless you spend time with him. He gave you the remedy. He, now, he's not saying this every Sunday. He's telling you to do this every day you get up. Come to me. Because the minute you get up, your, your, your mind's racing. Anxiety's taking over. I got a test. I got this going on. I got this going on. And he says, take that yoke, exchange it, and guess what? I'm walking with you to do it. It's a discipline. And what he's saying is, surrender your life to me daily. Stop carrying around your weight that you were never called to carry around. The society's going to carry it because they don't know any better. But you already have someone here. If you give it to me and don't take it back, you'll be just fine. What we're going to do, we're going to end in worship. The reason why I wanted to end this way. Because if you know about the children of Israel, and they had to go to Jericho, one of the biggest strongholds in their campaign. Once they took out the center of their resistance, everything else was going to be easy. But they had the strangest instructions ever. Carthage, I don't need you to take your sword. I don't even need you to take your shield. I just need you to take your voice. I just need you to sing. And they went around six days, seven days, they just sung out in faith to the Lord. They sung out and it says, Jericho came crashing down. It shattered. Why? Because when you sing, it shatters everything. When I sing, it shatters my pain. When I sing, it shatters my doubt. When I sing, it shatters, it shatters my anxiety. When I sing to the Lord, it shatters it. But I have to sing. I have to praise God. I don't have time to be weighed down. It's too much 
for Grace Point Church to do, to be weighed down. How many want to worship God this morning? Come on. All these requires, they had to open their heart to new instructions. They opened their heart. Lord, my heart is yours. He said, sing and watch everything that you've been dealing with in this day come crumbling down.